good afternoon. Hi, Divya. Good afternoon. So, yeah, baby sleep. <laughs> <laughs> or, or should we say baby doesn't sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, um, on social media, at least, uh, this is one of the hot burning, uh, you know, topics of discussion most of the time. And uh, we have a we have a dear friend who, uh, you know, talks about uh, gentle baby sleep as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, so how do we see this particular talk go? So here are a few things that we would like to um, bring up for everybody to contemplate uh, as we are talking about when will my baby sleep? How much should the baby sleep? So what is like a norm? What is actually happening with these babies? Who we are expecting to sleep through the night or whatever our expectations are. So I want to start from right there. What exactly are our expectations from a newborn baby? What are we expecting? And then when we put that on one side and put on the other side, who they are and what they can do, which is biology and physiology, we might find that there are some places where there is a good match. And that's when uh, we are finding that it's easy to give care, it's easy to uh, you know, parent them. And there are some where there is a big gap between what we expect and what they're capable of. And not, we're not even, even really touching what they need from us. That's a whole different paradigm. But what they're capable of, and when we start to bridge that, that's where the gentleness comes from. So, you know, I'd like to always start and think that honestly, this shouldn't be this difficult. Human parents are supposed to parent human babies. There are pathways, which is what these, these talks are all about, infant pathways, is there are parent-infant pathways that synchronize the parent or the adult to the child. And in that synchronization and that layer of support that the adult gives, this parent, uh, this baby then learns to become a, uh, how to be in the world. And so that's really, really uh, more, uh, what should I say, organic in terms of our growth. I mean, if you look at any other animal, what do the parents do? They model and support the child's uh, growth and development and kind of show by example what we're doing. And a large part of all this for us to understand is called regulation. What does regulation mean? I am able to handle the states of my activation and deactivation. What does that really mean? I'm able to uh, identify hunger and get food. I'm able to uh, feel uh, stagnant and move. And then if I am moving, I can get stagnant again. That's regulation. And sleep and wake cycles are a part of that regulatory mechanism. Now, if we were to just look at sleep and wake cycle, what is the purpose of sleep for anybody? It's a downtime of your body where the internal processes are happening, which may be repair at some time, which may be uh, forming memories, um, uh, you know, growing your cognitive center, brain wiring. So much work is happening in the sleep 
And for that, nature has all, or physiology has organized our sleep in a particular way. So let's talk about expectations and reality here. Uh, adult sleep is divided into, well, it used to be five, but now we're calling it four, four stages in one cycle. We go into sleep by slowing down our brain waves and moving into deep sleep. And after about 90 to 120 minutes, we move into REM. REM is random eye movement. So non-random non eye movement, which is a more uh, slowing down of brain activity and then a spike of brain, brain activity. And then after that phase is over, we move back into the cycle again. So let's talk about that as a sleep cycle. One complete cycle for adults is uh, non-REM, uh, non one, two, three, and four are now being combined in some processes, some are not. But basically, the end of this sleep is that deep, refreshing sleep that we have. And if you see, if you wake up in the first part, you might get up and you'll be fresh again. In the second part, you lose sense of time, but you cannot be roused out of deep sleep. And if you are, you are a little bit groggy for a while. And then, of course, you move into the dreaming phase or the REM where the eye is moving. And each phase has a purpose. Now, if you look at newborn sleep, it's exactly the opposite. And it has lesser phases, uh, stages in, in one cycle. And it's a shorter cycle. So newborns go into sleep in REM with eye movement. So which is why when moms say that, you know, my baby was sleeping and as soon as I put them down, they wake up because that's the phase where they can be aroused very quickly. And then they go into a deep sleep and then they come back into room and that completes a cycle, but their cycle is only about 15 minutes. Ours is about two hours. One five, five zero. Five zero. So we all sleep cycle through our sleep period. So our sleep period may be eight hours, but we may be moving into four cycles. Now, the difference between newborns and us is that we can self-regulate. We are adults, our brains are mature. We can move from a REM to a sleep cycle, to a deeper sleep cycle, but babies cannot. And sometimes they need help with that. So these are the different problems that we see with babies. My baby sleeps very short periods of time. My baby wakes up crying very often. Uh, you know, all of these are the stories that we are hearing about sleep. And what are we trying to do? We're trying to put them in an eight-hour cycle. A full night's sleep for a baby will still not be eight hours. And there is a biological reason why their sleep cycles may be this. So because they have immature brains, and we are calling the newborn period the fourth trimester, they need their mothers to regulate. So in one part, the mothers are teaching the brain a regulatory um, mechanism, how to self-soothe or how to regulate. And on the other side, they are providing an environment in which regulation can be learned, which is safety. I'm here. They are repeatedly the same messaging is coming. Therefore, the dependence of this baby on their parent, and I'm using mother very commonly, but it could be a well-regulated caregiver, adult, who is attached to the baby. There is a connection with the baby. And that is what the baby needs to know that I am safe. That's the first precondition to any learning. And the second is about show me how. Because we have such complex brains and we are born 
ready to absorb anything that works for us. So say if you were, everybody was born with one language, we wouldn't have so many languages in the world. So the babies are born with capacity for language, but they, the, then they learn the language when their mother actually or their family actually talks to them. So can you understand the high degree of potential versus exposure or environment? So when they are meeting the regulatory system of, a, of, a, of an adult who is quite grounded, they are saying, A, I'm safe, so I can actually look around and be curious and explore and learn and absorb. Because if you're looking at a tiger, the last thing you want to look in, in the jungle is how beautiful the tree was because there's a tiger standing right there. So we've got to remove the tiger and have them feel safe so that they can appreciate the beauty. And then, of course, learning by self-regulation. And these mechanisms are autonomous. They are, nobody has to teach you to teach the baby. That's the beauty of it. And unfortunately, we live in a world that says, what can I do? But do nothing was such a tough thing to do. If I'd say, hold your baby, smell the baby, take a deep breath, maybe find that movement in your body, you'll be automatically rocking, you'll find that you'll sway, maybe enjoy. Oh my God, that is so tough for most people. How to do nothing. I mean, the word do nothing is the problem, no? How to be. Because you're teaching your baby how to be in this world as a human being. And when you are in that state of being, nobody teaches you how to sleep and wake up. So we have to stop teaching our children to sleep and wake up. Now you have two children. Whenever you try to teach them something, you meet with resistance, don't you? Imagine... Imagine if I would continue to teach you to be a human being when you know that skill. Would you like it? So we're teaching babies how to be when that is a pre-programmed default setting for them, including sleep and wake, because they're doing that in the womb. And what are they following in the womb to sleep and wake up? They are following and self regulatory mechanism. Now, when I was looking up and was doing understanding sleep, I, I read some really interesting things. So did you know that not everybody finds good quality sleep in one go? They're not, everybody's not monophasic, which means they don't sleep at a stretch. Some people like to break down their sleep into two parts. That's number one. Number two, everybody has their unique rhythm. So there are people who have genetic makeup that makes them sleep early and wake up early. While others have genetic makeup that they sleep late and wake up late. They are called the larks and the owls. And it's genetic. So it's literally, you could be following, uh, of, you know, it's been passed on. Thirdly, for newborn babies, it's the baby's weight that will also determine how they were born, what, uh, at what age they were born, what is their, you know, all of these other biological factors will determine what their cycle would look like. So now imagine forcing all the fishes to climb trees to prove that they were intelligent. What is the result that we would come to? And because we are talking to parents in terms of how long does your baby sleep? Does your baby sleep through the night? Or oh, mine did that in the first week or so. We are creating an anxious paradigm. What happens with an anxious paradigm is that the, the, the mother or the person in charge is dysregulated. So the baby is 
dysregulated. And therefore, a dysregulated baby's need to find regulation is greater. And how do they express this? Babies express their need to regulate their regulatory mechanism in presence of somebody, I need help, would be crying and sucking. So it's interesting that the very parameters that we are saying that they're not sleeping well are actually, and we will talk about that in oral baby as well, that they're using their mouth. So either we are saying they don't have, you know, they're, 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 not, be, they're not full, that they're hungry, or we are saying, uh, you know, that they're fussing, but they're actually expressing a need. It is truly my belief that babies are not doing random actions because they're sentient little human beings. Do we do random actions for no purpose at all? Even from the beginning, from a single cell, we are organized with a biological purpose. So our actions, our, um, our movements, our cries, even as babies, have meaning. And what we're doing is we're setting a context rather than listening to that meaning. And that's where the problem lies. But going back to sleep, babies wake up often because they don't have a self-regulatory system, which also means if, say, they have gone into a position where their airway is blocked, they are not able to change that position because they cannot move. If they are cold and they are losing body heat, they cannot cover themselves up and get warmer because that mechanism is immature. If they are hungry and they stay in deep sleep, they cannot be aroused out of it or thirst. So think about this constant interaction between mother or caregiver and baby to be a protective mechanism for the baby. How about that? So say if there's a short sleep cycle and the baby has lost some heat in the deep sleep and then as they, as they start to come into their REM and they're a little bit more awake or they're easily aroused, mm. they will feel the discomfort and cry. Then the mother will get up and say, what's wrong? And then she touches and finds the baby's hand and feet are very cold. And then she might warm the baby up or change the, uh, the nappy, or feed the baby, whatever the need of the baby. So it's, it's a pro protective mechanism around the baby to say, um, you know, I need help. And it will take them a few months to come into what we call a more light and dark cycles, which is the circadian rhythm where we learn from. But basically the, the awake and sleep patterns of the baby are driven by need, need for safety, need for food, need for protection, need for change, whatever that need is. And because it's a short cycle, their exposure to hazard is short. And then the mother steps in and becomes uh, their safety net again. So that's one of the reasons they have sleep and wake cycles, but they come with those hereditary genes, baby weight, story of their birth, very unique combination and what they're bringing from their prenatal period because they have sleep and wake even then. Now, here's another important part that I want to really say is that if you look at the REM sleep for adults, which is about 15 to 20 or 25 percent of their night, it's 50 percent for babies. Now, REM is the time where your brain is getting wired. That gives us such an insight that these babies' brains are doing so much work in this early newborn period, which could be wiring, but which could also be taking in information and sorting it out in their brain. 
So for that mechanism alone, the sleep and wake cycle should be respected because it's allowing these babies to uh, do their brain work. And also the quality of sleep they get. So their environment of sleep should be paid attention to, which means if we want to change or teach or, or you know, expose or their brains and give them that understanding of day and night, then sleep times should have a different environment than daytimes. And which means it should be fairly dark in the room or it should be shaded in the room and they'll be more quiet. So they, they get good quality sleep, which does all the productive work their body can do. So now if we look at our expectations to the baby, A, we can't train the baby to sleep. We can train the baby to feel in, say nobody's coming, but we can't train them to sleep because that their nervous system cannot regulate. B, their sleep cycles are shorter than ours and it's protective for them. See, that, that those short sleep cycles ensure great brain development. And they're never going to sleep eight hours, especially in the newborn period. So when we start to move our rhythm to their rhythm and find ways of supporting us to get good rest, again, we also have sleep cycles, so it doesn't have to be six hours in one go. But when we start to help us, so say, uh, the baby may need some support at night or, or in the day how I can get some rest and how can I be rested so that I can be regulatory mechanism for the baby and also what in my environment can support my stress levels? What in my environment can encourage me? You know, you, you want to bring up holistic babies, then you have to feel wholesome yourself. You can't give what you don't have. So I think if we start to look at our expectations versus what the baby's uh, ability is and the needs are, we might find having a more realistic expectation might help us feel less anxious about newborn sleep. So Absolutely. That's a bit of a background. And of course, uh, you know, when people ask what is normal, so newborn sleep, anything between um, 16 to 18 hours in the whole day, but they don't sleep it in one stretch. They're really short naps. But by about three months to six months, they get more organized in their sleep because their brain is getting more organized. And even so, we are still following their rhythms rather than imposing rhythms on a brain which does not have capacity to do what we are asking it to do. Great. So uh, we have one question and uh, she's saying that uh, I have a four months old and the baby wakes up uh, every four, 45 minutes. So what could be the reason? And is the baby waking up every 45 minutes always or now or what is going on? Yeah, so she's just mentioned this much information. If you can just provide us with more information, that'll be great. Yeah. So as a broad thumb rule, I can explain what we're looking for. And but very specific, we know that there are people like the gentle sleep India, they're doing so much more work explaining things, looking at individual cases. But if your baby has a pattern which has, which has changed, it was a pattern, it'll change 
organically over time, but it'll still be a pattern. And that means your baby is able to maintain more wakeful periods. That is our expectation from babies from the world because it's logical. When they come into the world, they need a lot of support. And gradually, as they begin to be of this world and interact with the world, we can begin to loosen that grip a little bit. So I want to see what's happening at four months as compared to what was happening in the beginning. And if it was always happening, well, then we could explore going back a little bit and say what happened in birth, what happened before that. Because why are these babies looking for regulatory mechanisms more and more often? That is one question that we should always ask. If something was going like this and suddenly there is a um, deviation, there could be one of two reasons. The most common reason would be that this is a reorganizing stage. Just to explain that a little bit better, we don't grow linearly. We, our brains will organize and then disorganize and then organize again and disorganize till they arrive to their final structure at about 25 years. So what does disorganize mean? means um, that we will literally break down some of the old structures and, and patterns and paradigms to become something new. Uh, think of a, a, a room. If you keep building on putting stuff in it, it's going to get cluttered and will make no sense at all. So every time you want to uh, upgrade, you might have to take out the old furniture, redo some of it, reuse some of it, throw away some of it, and then you have a new look in the room. So your brain is just that much. It is reorganizing, which means it goes through cycles of disorganizing and organizing. So you'll have a baby who's really stable over a period of time and then go into suddenly a rebellious mode and we call it regression. But instead of regression, we talk about it as the brain reorganizing itself. So it's, it's remodeling or it's growing, it's becoming different. It might help us. And in those disorganization periods, they need a lot more support. You know, if you were remodeling your kitchen, you would need somebody to cook for you and send you food or take away. So you need different behavior and then you will settle back. And you'll find these patterns of organizing and disorganizing very coming very quickly in early part of your baby's life because the brain is going quite phenomenally and then it'll slow down and then it'll go to years. Actually, if you follow brain development for babies or children, it becomes six months and then changes every year. And then you, you have these different... Uh, time periods in which they are doing some very specific kind of work. So either, it, and we call it regression. And so it's, it's a regression and then it'll write itself given what input you are giving when it's reorganizing. What are we telling this new brain about the world? Because it needs to sift through the new, new world. Imagine if your baby's brain stayed exactly as it was from the day he was born and never changed. You would have a beautiful routine predictable to the T but he would stay like that even when his body was like 20 year old. Correct. We don't want that. We do want our baby's brains to grow. So when it's growing, what is it growing for? It's growing to take in information from the world at that development stage. What more can I do to adapt or optimize my existence? And what is the input we are giving at the state of regression or, or we call, I can't call it a disorganization or reorganization phase. So that will become important. Now, if periodically as it's reorganizing, our languaging, our messaging to the baby is about, oh my God, this is not okay. You know, we don't want you to, 
that's not a good message to give for growth so first your understanding of what's going on might help you so that's one of the pathways that the baby may be showing at four months it may be a stage of reorganizing or the other side would be if if the track record says that right from the beginning there's been we might look at what in this baby's system needs constant regulation and that would be there is an experience or many or layered in the past that continue to show up to be reorganized because that needs more work if there's a nicely shaped room you can rechange it and reorganize it quite easily but suppose one wall is broken then you have to first repair the wall before you reorganize the room again so uh, what in this in this particular system needs support and that could need uh, support in terms of your understanding that could need support in terms of family understanding that could be a bias the baby has uh, kind of needs help professional help and there's a wide variety of things that may be needed but i think as parents the question we should be asking is not when my baby will sleep through the night but what is it that might facilitate a good rest for my baby because sleep equals to growth not just for them but also for us and also as an adult because you are in charge of your life what will help me get rest best so maybe it's time to drop some ideas which have which notions have been offered to us by the outside world with very poor understanding of what is actually going inside and start paying attention to what's happening in the baby when i have my children my husband's grandmother used to say that uh if you want to really know your baby read the book the baby is showing you don't read other books because other people don't know who your baby is um especially dr spock she didn't like very much and she said how does he know what your baby wants he's never met your child but if you if you read the baby you might get better cues but you know what happens when we read our babies which means we're paying attention we're observing we're open and we care we are giving them such a strong message of they matter that we love them and what more does safety mean to us than being heard than being understood than being accepted and i think that might be a very good starting place rather than saying will my baby fit into the box and not realizing that the box might really be a very uncomfortable place to place your baby into particularly that yeah so to your um, uh, you know two points you mentioned that either it could be uh, you know organizing and reorganizing of the brain uh, or else it could be something which is uh, uh, you know a trauma a, trauma, so, a prenatal story something I, that is i can share my story here uh, with everyone in fact uh, you know when i had my first child uh, he used to wake up every half an hour and uh, used to howl and cry like how like like how he he was in a pain or something so i used to wonder that you know do babies cry like this when they wake up every half an hour 45 minutes and no amount of uh, you know rocking and uh, trying to calm him would work for us so i i spoke to divya about it and then i realized that actually uh, it was related to his birth journey uh, you know uh, so so i obviously took a couple of uh, you know sessions of uh, uh, cst sessions uh, for the baby and uh, trust me in like just i think 
I think two sessions he was a better yeah he was way better and uh, and and after that I mean it's it's just been uh, you know uh, I think the way the way they are uh, so he's he's been so much calmer and uh, obviously the 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 cry of pain uh, like he used to cry earlier uh, you know just disappeared so i think so it's important to understand yes it's it's very important correct to understand you know what the the journey of the baby was uh, you know and and like you said even even prenatally uh, you know how how the baby was uh, in the prenatal period as well so i think that that's important too yeah yeah so sleep is a simple thing our bodies know how to do it we know when we need to rest and we need to wake up everything else is a little bit more complex <laughs> so let's just um uncouple the simplicity and watch the baby's cue offer them an environment which is both physically safe which means um it's a little bit darker it's quieter uh and uh, also their the equipment around them does not have lint or fur or things like that it's clean good solid bed with clean hygienic cotton sheets things that don't give little bit of particles because their airways are small making sure that they are in good positions they are a little bit supervised but also uh, what is the regulation around them so a mother who's calm or or a care provider who's calm who who has time as making time and feels that this time is worthwhile supporting the baby's regulation and nervous system so how do we teach our children to settle and go into sleep is that because we can settle and move into sleep but if we are all disorganized in our nervous system what is the messaging that we are giving them so we we have a heart coherence we have a brain heart coherence there are many pathways between the care provider the mother the father and the baby that are working in unspoken ways so you know uh, you'll find many people will say that the best way my baby sleeps is when they are on my chest my husband's chest and he's lying down after why because the heart is regulating and within that 3 feet the baby's heart is regulating and then his brain waves what is sleep is all about brain waves changing brain is settling and we can all settle together so of course you can teach your baby something about life in every moment that you spend together or even separated from each other you're teaching your baby something about life including sleep so circadian rhythms will come online day and night will come online um, but each time your baby wakes up it's not random he's not trying to trouble you he's just saying i need help and then take some time to figure out what that help might be it might even be an expression because we're keeping them so occupied in their day there is no time for expression it's do 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 how yes. about we just leave them be for a while and be with them which is what i would like i mean what do we do when we socialize we, we get together as a bunch of people and we just sit together we don't really have an agenda for meeting our friends do we and imagine if we were agendas for meeting our friends and family and everybody else what kind of life would that be so sometimes it's okay and it's also teaching the children how to be with other people and be okay or express also when babies cry we jump to shut them down sometimes when they're crying it may need so you look through their needs and then um 
but also uh, be with them. And, and of course, we're going to talk a lot more about crying in, in our next session uh, because we are going to um, talk about the crying baby. <laughs> but how we are in our sleep patterns would be that. And this is something I say often for all moms who are pregnant, that uh, every time I hear a mom say, oh, I'm not getting enough sleep at night. I have to wake up so many times to go to the bathroom. I explain the same thing about a sleep cycle. In deep sleep, even if you are um, uh, feeling pressure of urine, you may not be able to get up because it is the nature of deep sleep. But as you then begin to come back to realms of more awakefulness, then you find that discomfort. You go to the bathroom, you come back. So the, the key is not that you slept through the night. Key is, are you regulated enough or do you have resources to go back to sleep? That's my important point. Because in my mind, the last trimester or the last month that you're waking up often is your baby's training for you to wake up and go back to sleep. So if a mother who's breastfeeding and co-sleeping and bed shedding might find that she wakes up, puts the baby to the breast, and then both of them go back to sleep together. So they still get their rest, even though they've not had that eight-hour sleep that we value, somehow value so much. <laughs> uh, interestingly, the people who don't sleep eight hours and sleep only four hours and are just as refreshed in the morning because sleep cycles are genetic and so many other factors to that. And, you know, we have different phases of sleep. So saying that again, you know, uh, when you st start to become, come into rhythm, when, when that's the first part. When you start to come into rhythm, you find a coherence. It is deeply nourishing for both mother and baby to be that way. And for partners and families to remove these expectations from her, from the baby, to do all kinds of things that neither of them are ready to do right now because the newborn period is about coming into relationship with each other. And once that is done, everything else can build from it. Great. Awesome. So uh, Uma Ganeshan says, loving this session. Thank you both of thank you both of you for sharing so much knowledge and experience as well. We we are we are very happy. We love Tuesdays, both Divya and I. Yes. Uh, <laughs> First of we all, we Tuesdays. get to come live. Yeah, and yeah but do you realize to... that most of what we say is actually common sense? And each one person who reads it and comments on it resonates with it because it is human. Correct. We know it in our very biology, what we are saying. We are just finding the words to say it. And uh, I feel a little bit that we go against the tide because we are constantly trying to put the world's narration into context. And I think that's what we enjoy so much as well, because it's yeah. the truth. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much uh, for, uh, you know, this session today, uh, Divya, thank you. Uh, and thank you for everyone who uh, joined us today for this session on oh, baby sleep. Uh, we are, yes. And for all your love, we are putting all of this information together in a, in a, in a very, very good, uh, you know, course. Uh, which we are actually opening for a couple of our reviewers uh, now this week. And it should go live for everybody who's interested in knowing, uh, you know, about the, the sentient nature of the baby uh, next week. So thank you so much for today. And uh, we'll see you Have next Tuesday. Have a good day. Bye-bye.